Thank you for joining us for this recent message from Freedom Ministries in Crossit, Arkansas. Connect with us online at freedomministriescrossit.com and let us know what God is doing in your life through this ministry. Now prepare your heart to hear a word that we pray will bless your life. everybody. It's good to hear from everybody again. I know that we're not really hearing yet <laughs> on the line. It's muted, but it's good to be home from B Branch. We had a wonderful time in the Lord, and uh, we also had a wonderful time this past Sunday. And his healing, anointing, his restoration, and ordination, and it was just powerful and and I give honor to Nick for helping uh, going into the glory and the praise and worship. And and I just thank God for him today for helping us to bring on in that healing anointing. And also give honor to Sister Jacqueline for the praise. But uh, I just want to talk tonight about uh, humility. I want to talk about the spirit of humility I know we honor a lot in Freedom One, and sometimes people don't understand why we do that. But maybe some of these scriptures will help us to see. Um, And this past weekend, God just really changed my life. And um, I was seeking him up in the mountains in the cabin, and he he showed me uh, some things about myself. And also I saw where uh, Elder Dana pointed out something that was, you know, uh, just an attack on me, but but Sunday afternoon, that all got fixed. <laughs> Sometimes the attacks come, and then they'll be fixed after you bring the word. Amen? So I just want to share a little bit about humility. And, you know, there's a lot of people that they want to know how to be great in God. They want to know how to be great for God. You know, um, when we grow up and people don't ever give us any value and then we find Jesus, and he starts pointing us to our destinies, and we just want to really do. How many ever heard of people say, I just want to do something for God? I just want to do something for God. So let's look at Matthew uh, 19, verse 27 through 30. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to have several scriptures today to get this word in us, and then we'll pray. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I'm going to start off with prayer now. I just thank you for this session, God, this word on humility. God, I thank you that we see not to do away with humility, God. We see that where people think that humility is weak, that you think is meek, God. And you said Moses was the meekest man on the earth. And he took the people to the point of the promised land where they could cross over. And he gave his man to Joshua. God put it on Joshua, and he took the people out on end. But Moses couldn't have done all that if he would have been prideful, because pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And I don't, I don't understand why we push ourselves so much for people to see how good we are. You know, I don't, I don't understand it. I, I understand insecurity. And uh, But I don't understand why we push self instead of Jesus, why we want to be seen. We, If we're not seen, we're upset because we're not seen. But in Philippians 2, he said he took on the form of a servant, that he gave himself no reputation, and he came in the form of a man. So Jesus had all of heaven in him. He is heaven. He's heaven And he came down here, and he laid it all down so he could come and save some. Amen? So either either we struggle with pride, or if we're we're humble, people think we're weak, and we get taken advantage of. So uh, we need to find a balance in this humility. Amen? But let's look at uh, Matthew 19, 27 through 30. Uh, Let's see. Let me start reading. Then Peter answered and said to him, See, we have left all and followed you. Therefore, what shall we have? That sounds a little probable, doesn't it? He's telling Jesus, I've left everything for you. And I'm not denying that he did, because they did. They gave up their jobs. They followed him, gave up everything and followed him. 
But uh, in, in verse 28, it says, So Jesus said to them, Surely I say to you that in the regeneration, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or fathers, you know, God gave me this one time. He said, everyone that's left everything in my name, he said, they're going to get back a hundredfold in this life. Don't get back a hundredfold in this life. Amen. So uh, we're never going to give in. Even our pride, we're never going to give it all up that he don't give it back because Jesus came as a form of a servant and made himself of no reputation. He didn't want to be a king. He was running from them that was trying to make him a king. He knew what he came here for. He had a purpose. And once you know what God has called you to do, that's what you pursue. You don't pursue getting noticed by me and you pursue the destiny and your gift will make room for you and you'll be brought before great men so it's not pursuing value it's pursuing destiny your destiny will bring you value but we have to start out humbling ourselves and then we'll be exalted in due time that's what the word says amen and uh, you may be saying well i don't want to be exalted i don't want well i'm just saying that there's people that do though they struggle with identity they struggle because the people in front of the church looks like they do everything. That looks like they they get the glory for everything. They get the honor for everything. But Jesus came and he's our example. And he he didn't push himself. The Bible says to prefer one another. It says no greater love than a man that will lay his life down for his friends. He said if you lose your life, you'll gain it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to pray on that for a minute. God, we thank you. We thank you, God, that you show us the way. You show either people tell us we need to be prideful. We we tell our boys you need don't ever cry. You need to be a man. So from the beginning of their birth, they're they're like they're taught, you know, that that not to humble themselves. They're taught that they they've got to be the man of the house. They got to be this and they got to be that. And when they're broken and they they need god and they need someone to help them get to god because some things we need help some things we need somebody to humble their self and come help us amen and so we want to put our pride down today we want to put our arrogance down today we want to put down everything every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of god i want to lay that at his feet because if we operate in that in that high place like that then we got to tear that stronghold down. If we teach our children that they're they're the only thing that matters on the earth, it's all about them. They never have to serve. They never have to give. Then they grow up thinking that everything should serve them and everything should go under them, and they don't know how to deal in the real world because we never show them how to submit to authority. We didn't show them how because one day they're going to have to have a husband or a boss. <laughs> one day they're going to have to submit. And what I see in people's lives, when they refuse to submit in one area, then they don't realize it, but like, just say you work somewhere, and that boss is it's hard to work for that boss, and so you quit. Well, then you marry a controlling husband or a controlling wife. Then you got to fight that control, and then you get rid of them, and you go get another controlling person. And then you, it, it may be your sister. Well, you're still going in control. So... Control, I've done found out in my life, I think there's only, there's only the really big demons is the spirit of witchcraft, the spirit of control. But what God showed me one time, he said, something's going to control you. You can either let it be the Holy Spirit person. Amen. Somebody say something is though, and it can be self. Self can control you. People can control you, or you can let God control you. But you're going to go under something. I'm going to go under something. So I choose to lay my life down with his help, with his grace, and let him take charge of my life. Let him lead me in the right path for my life because he knows better than me. And when we decide we're going to choose our own life, then we're arrogant and we think that we know more than God. The God that created us. The Bible said no servant is above his master. One of my favorite scriptures, because I had to grow up in it, that I could not rise above my authority. 
I couldn't make excuses why I'm going to rise above them. You know, I've had people to say they didn't join in with things because they didn't like the way that people were doing me. Well, well, and I'm pull, I'm kind of pulling on them to join in with us. So that's arrogance. That's saying I don't know that these people are doing this to me, and 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 that's not that's not submission. You're just making an excuse why you didn't submit. You're justifying why you don't give your life. Like we make we we decide if we're going to do something. If they measure up to my expectations, I'll submit. If they don't, then I'm not. Have you ever been leading prayer or something or trying to preach and people won't get in because they're just eyeing you up and down, making sure it's all God? And that's arrogant. That's arrogant to judge another man. The Bible says, what servant what servant is uh, another man's? Who can judge another man's servant? That's what it says. I can't judge uh, God's servants. <laughs> and I definitely can't judge my leaders. You know, that God placed me under and tell them why I'm not obeying because people's doing them wrong. Uh, that's rebellion and it's justification. So um, let's look at chapter 20, verse 1. Let's look at it a little more. Can everybody hear me? Okay. Uh, Pastor Casey, can you hear me? Hello? Yes, ma'am. We can hear you. Okay. All right. I had an interruption. I just want to make sure y'all can hear. Matthew chapter 20, verse 1. By the way, I'm so proud of Freedom Ministries. The leaders, Pastor Casey and Pastor Michelle and all the deacons, elders, and ministers, they're carrying on the vision as God takes me out more and more. When I come home, the atmosphere is still where we can go in and uh, break open in the heavenlies and bring the glory down. And I just appreciate y'all and thank you for that. And all the prayer leaders, I wouldn't have made it this weekend without the people praying and interceding. And I give you honor today and all the pastors and evangelists. Amen. And all the lay people, and I can go on and on, and teachers and children's uh, workers. And So Matthew chapter 20, for the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his fields. Um, let me make sure that's the one I want. Mm, okay, now when he had when he had agreed with the laborers for uh, denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out among the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And said to them, you also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right I will give you. So they went. Again he went out about the sixth and ninth hour and did the likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle and said to them, Why have you been standing idle all day? They said to him, Because no one hired us. See, that shows a lot about persistence and humbleness. They was there all day. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right you will receive. So when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said, uh, said to his steward, Call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning the last to the first. Y'all get that? Beginning with the last to the first. And when those come who were hired about the eleventh hour, they each received a denarius. But when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more. And they likewise received each a denarius. When they had received it, they complained against the landowner, saying, These last men have worked only one hour, and you made them equal to us who have borne the burden with the heat of the day. But he answered and said, Friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for denarius? Take what's yours and go your way. I wish to give to this last man the same as to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I'm good? So the last will be first and the first last. For many are called, but few are chosen. Do y'all know this This chapter wasn't in my notes? And I... <laughs> I looked down and I'm like, God, uh, are you, I'm not sure. I, and he said, read it. So they got upset. But what I see is those other ones, and I've never seen it before today, they humbled themselves. They were there all day. They were there all day for somebody to hire them. They were in the heat too. But these people got upset because they already had a job. They got arrogant. What are these people coming in at the last minute? It's the same in salvation. 
the last ones getting on the ark, they still get saved. The last ones that accept Jesus, they still get saved. The the ones that's on the bed dying, if they want him today and live for the devil their whole life, they still get saved. The thief on the cross, he got saved because he humbled himself. When everybody else around, the other ones would not humble themselves. He said, uh, help us, you know, son of man, just arrogant and prideful. God says that he's close to the humble and he's far from the proud. He said he's very close to a broken and contrite spirit. So don't let, if you're, if you're, if you cry a lot and you're humble and people think you're just, uh, you get hurt easy, it's not about hurt. It's about humbleness. It's about brokenness before the Lord. It's about knowing that if I lose my life, then he's going to come forth for me. He's going to come through for me because I'm saying, God, I can't do it. I need you, God. I need you, Lord. Would you come through me today and you do this? Would you show me where to work? Would you show me who to marry? Would you show me where to give my money? Would you show me, God, if I need to move out of my ministry? Would you show me, God, not my own desire because deception comes with that. Those desires change. Those desires go by emotions and feelings. But God said, I have a plan for you, a plan to prosper you, to give you a hope, a future, and an expected end, Jeremiah 29, 11. So if my God has a plan for me that's going to prosper me and give me hope and give me a future, then then I need to go with him, you know. <laughs> I need to go with him. Hallelujah. God, we go with you. We give up our own rights, our own ways, Lord. And I can tell you because it works to give up your own right and your own way and say, God, how do you want me to be? How do you want me to serve? Who can I serve, God? What can I do to help my leaders? What can I do to serve your church? Do you know if you don't serve the church, do you know who serving the church is for? It's for God. It's not for the people in the church. It's for God. So we want each one of you to be able to get into their place of servanthood because that's where you're going to be raised up. We just read it. He said that the last is going to be first and the first is going to be last. Amen. And if we really look at the gospel, we're all ministers. We all can say we something like Paul, Paul did. He said, don't mess with me. I got some stripes on me, which means some scars. And if you lose your life, you carry authority that you can't find anywhere else. You can't find that kind of power. You can't find that kind of anointing because the real Jesus is coming out. The purity of him's coming out and not man. I asked God one time, I said, God, this one would be good at preaching. This one, you know, when my mama went to heaven, God, this one, uh, Pastor Casey's brother, he's a preacher. God, um, Pastor Paul, he's a preacher. And he said to me, they're all good. They're all, and he didn't say they had control. He didn't say that to me. But he told me he told me to hold my hand up and just where my pinky is, just a little bit top part. He said, if, if somebody controls me this much and you don't control me at all, which one would I rather have? That's what he said. And that helped me get through it. It helped me to rise up and do it. It helped me to... I said, oh, my Jesus, I don't want to control. I want you to be able to see it's humbling to put aside our agendas and let God come in. Because then we think, well, I thought I had this song, and I guess I missed it. And Why can't we just let God come in and not put it on ourselves? Why does everything got to turn inward all about us? Why can't it just be he's Jehovah Jireh? He knows more than I do, and I agree that he knows more. And I bring myself subject to him. He's my king of kings and my lord of lords. He's my promoter. Promotion comes from the Lord. It don't come from the north or south or, or how much I know or how much I got. It, it comes from the Lord. So let's get in his kingdom. Somebody said, I need to get in his kingdom, not my own kingdom. I need to get in his kingdom and serve his kingdom instead of serving man's kingdom, instead of serving my own way. And thinking I can do it better because when we do that, we're going to be brought low. I remember my brother. He he didn't ever get saved. He said he didn't see nothing he wanted in Christians, and that's sad. But one day, he lost everything. One day, he lost his home. He lost his job. He lost his wife. He lost everything. And um, and he was he was counseling with my mother, and 
and she got him to uh, anyway. He gave his heart to God. He went to Dubai with her and Marcella, and and it took going out of the states, you know. But he gave his heart to God, and he said that he fell because of pride. He said when he was young that he decided he was never going to be poor. He was fixing to get a beautiful wife and a beautiful home, and he built it all himself. Isn't that what Nebuchadnezzar did? And God said, until you know where your blessings come from, you're going to be out here clawing your fingernails in the dirt. Because <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar made an image of himself. See, that's what we do when we push ourselves. We push ourselves, and we're doing the same thing Nebuchadnezzar did. We're making an image of ourselves. You know, my husband tried to tell there was a there was something on TV, and he said, he said, baby, you're a star. I said, no. I said, no. I said, you're a star for, for putting up with me. So why can't we turn it around? You know, insecurity makes us not give any credit to anybody else because we don't have any value ourselves. But if people that feel valueless, if they would quit saying things like, I don't know where I belong, I don't know where I fit, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, and start praising someone else, Sow that seed that you need. Sow that seed of value to someone else instead of, instead of, because uh, even that, you're, 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 you make it about you. And even that, we're making it about us. I can't fit in. I this, I that, I, I, I. But why don't we turn that around? And like I told somebody, you're platform level now. You're not congregational level. Your job is to pour into these people everything that's important to you and let's change our mindset and quit going to church acting like we are there for us. Let's 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 sow seeds into someone else and and pour pour out because if you're empty, I have to check how much I've been pouring out. Because he said when they gave when they poured out all that they had, the oil never stopped. Widow woman, the last meal, the oil never stopped when she kept pouring out. Amen. So if I'm lacking in any area, it's because I'm not pouring out. I'm pouring in. I'm pouring in and I'm pouring in and I'm pouring in and I never poured out. And it's just going to leak because there's no value in, in sitting there and I'm making it all about me. That's just building a me kingdom. Just building a me kingdom. Hey, young da 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 by Sunday, and we pull it down in the name of Jesus. We pull down self on the throne. We pull down where we feel like we have to put out there how how we're never valued and everybody else is. And why don't we sow seeds of value? And there's another thing I want to talk about today is degrading people. You ever had anybody push you down so they can lift their self up? You ever had anybody that you're trying to go up and they're trying to pull you back down? <laughs> Why? Because they don't want any pressure on their own life. They don't want you putting pressure on their complacency. Um, someone told me, you know, I didn't need to humble myself like I do because it's it's degrading. It's a little degrading. It, it was different words, but that's 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 what it was. But so I started looking. Jesus, is this true? God, what what is what's going on? And I saw the difference in humbling yourself and submitting. Um, well, like when you go to another church, and I would put myself under the preacher because I was raised up in hard. <laughs> I was raised up in in just really being taught honor and submission. And I had two leaders do. I had a pastor and I had a mentor, her mentor, and um, they, you know, they really showed me the revelation of honor and submission. So because I was brought up in that, when God started promoting me, I didn't know to carry myself with that promotion. I thought I was still supposed to go under people. So I would go and I would submit myself. And I wouldn't, I would give them honor, but I thought giving them honor is, and we do submit ourselves. But I'm talking about when you're outside the church and you're just fellowshipping and I would go under them. And I saw that uh, I saw that breakthrough. That Hallelujah! I saw that breakthrough that we don't have to go under people 
when we go minister, we honor people. Does that make sense? I I I don't go. They're not my mentor. They're not my counselors. I don't go under them. And when we do, they look at his weakness. And so we have to carry ourselves on the level that we are, but we still have to bring honor. We still have to be humble. You know, we don't need to be proudful. We don't need to walk in and we're all that. We need to show honor to other people's house. But we also need to not degrade ourselves. So that is what I learned, um, Apostle Lisa Coots. I just got a breakthrough in her church about that. Amen. So, but degrading, I'm going to read what it is. So I know we've all been through it before. To reduce, to tower backwards, to lower in dignity, to lower in character or quality, to lose confidence. It's different from submission and honor. There's a difference. Don't put yourself under just honor to reduce in an amount of, uh, to put yourself under. There's a difference in submission and putting yourself under when you're on that same level as that person. I'm not talking about when you're dying to your flesh and you hadn't died yet because you <laughs> we got we we just got to submit, amen. Um, to use to break down. But I said, okay, God, so which way do we do it? Do we? And he said, there's a difference in honor and uh, submission. So when you know that you're an apostle, you know that you, you know that you're a Sunday school teacher, and people in there just degrading you, uh, coming there and trying to take over your class, then you take that authority back. You can do that with honor. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So God, we just thank you. I'm going to read some more examples. Luke eight forty three. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. We don't give up our own honor, though. We don't give it up. We we paid a price for that. We've paid a price to be where we are in God. And we don't have to go under other people because we think we're supposed to submit to every... I thought I was supposed to submit because they were leaders and they asked me to preach in their church. But I don't need to submit to the point that I lay down what God's given me. I walk in the authority that I have and I walk in the room with that authority. And I want you to do the same. But also we have to honor the house. I hope that makes sense. Luke eight forty three. Now a woman having a flow of blood for twelve years who had spent all her livelihood on physicians that could not be healed by any. It came from behind and touched the border of his garment and immediately her flow of blood stopped. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes throng oppress you, and you say, who touched me? See, she made a difference because everybody was touching him. But she, you know, to touch the hem, she had to be real low. And she wasn't even supposed to be there because she had the issue of blood. She was supposed to be outside the camp, she was supposed to be outside, but she was considered unclean. But she pressed her way. Amen. She pressed her way, so I think that's pretty humble. And so sometimes we don't get our healing because we're too prideful to go to the altar when the altar call calls for healing. We won't go. We're scared somebody's going to know something. And even when we pray, um, I, I, I ain't going to let everybody know my problem. I ain't going to. The Bible says, confess your faults one to another that you may be healed. So why can't we, though? Is it because we don't like somebody and we don't want them to know our circumstance? I mean, let's just press past all that and let's get in there and get our healing. Let's look at some more examples. Second Kings five ten. Thank you, Jesus. Let's find Second Kings. Second Kings five ten. Thank you, Jesus. I'm in First Kings. I'm getting there. Kings five. I got this Bible. This pages are sticky. Five ten. Um, Elisha sent a messenger to him saying, "Go and wash in the Jordan." This is a, a man with leprosy. He says, "Go and wash in the Jordan seven times." You know, seven means completion, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean. 
But Naaman became furious and went away and said, Indeed, I said to myself, he will surely come out to me. Oh, my Jesus. Have y'all ever... Have y'all ever had people just make you go to them? That's pride. Like they're the only person on earth that can do it. He said, indeed, I said to myself, he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. He just thought Elijah's going to come serve him. He don't have to humble himself. Verse 12, are not the Abana and the I don't know all these words. The rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel. Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in rage. So he didn't want to go to Jordan. He wanted to go to this other river. He thought it was better. And his servants came near and spoke to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, let's listen to this revelation. Would you not have done it? If you was on the platform with thousands, would you go? If you was uh, in the front of the church and everybody's seeing you preach, would you go to the altar and pray for somebody? Or is it just when, or when, when, when you go, when you're just sitting out there and you ain't been asked to preach, but you see a soul at the altar? Or you got to be on the platform to do it? Everybody got to see what you're doing. Hey, yonda-da-da-ba-se-ke-de-yonda-lo-lo-bo-shan-de-de-de-de. God, forgive us of our pride, God, because that reveals our real heart. Can we go to the altar and pray for one, or do we have to be on the platform and everybody see what we do? God, help us to check our hearts. Check our hearts. Um, His servants came near and spoke to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more than when he says to you, wash and be clean? So he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Amen. So he wanted to do it his way, didn't he? He he <laughs> he's like, Why well, I gotta do it seven times, I can do this. And what about the, the woman that wanted her sons to sit on the left and the right side side of Jesus on the throne? He said, Can are you sure? That they can drink my cup? (laughs) Have they paid the price to sit on the throne? Have they gave themselves over to God and gave up their own life? Amen. John 15, 13 says, No greater love than a man to lay down his life for his friends. You know, Jesus, Jesus didn't have to let them. He could have called 10,000 angels. And the word of God says that he gave himself up to them. He gave himself. They didn't take his life. He gave it. So I'm asking you today, will you give it? Will you give your life to Jesus Christ? Will you become humble and become nothing so he can be great through you? Because the Bible says that the first is going to be last and the last is going to be first. Amen. And the kingdom of God is different because Jesus, he's stripped on the cross. He's uh, got thorns on his head. He's bleeding. He's and He's thirsty, and, and and they're sitting there. You know, if you're the son of God, do this. If you're the son of God, do that. And and he didn't say anything. The Bible said he answered not back at them. He didn't open his mouth. He was despised. He was rejected. He And the Bible said he didn't answer his mouth. Let's look at uh, Isaiah 53. This, this changed my life. This scripture changed my life. Hallelujah. Don't we want to be different today? <laughs> we see how to get prosperity. We see how to get promotion. So let's do it. Amen. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 1. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. This is Jesus we're talking about. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. He said it again. Surely he has borne our griefs. He carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. 
By his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. What? He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth again. You know, the word, when it's two times, let's let it be established. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people he was stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Why? To save the world. He has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, I mean, he he made him an offering for us. Will God pour you out for other people? Will God use your life to save other people? Yes, he will. Will he pour you out to save a world? Yes, he will. But you're going to be okay because you're going to sit in the heavenlies with him. You're going to be with him in eternity. And he probably has so many crowns on your head you can't walk. Amen. He has put him to grief. When you make his soul and offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. Why? Because he saw his seed. He saw his seed. Why did he... Why did he make Jesus die? Why do we have to die? To save the world. You know, save our family, save our husbands. Nobody's going to come close to an arrogant person. Nobody, if God is far from pride, then people are going to be far from pride. Do you like people that brag on themselves? To me, if they got to brag on themselves, then um, it just shows me their insecurity. It shows me that they need value. It shows me that we got to find the value in him because these things on earth come and go. These these jobs, these things that make us feel fulfilled. But when we give our life to Jesus Christ, then then that is fulfillment. He died on the cross because he saw you. Right here, God gave his son because for an offering of sin, verse 10, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong. He shall see his seed. Abraham. He gave up everything he ever knew and had, and took his family to a place he didn't know where he was going. And and for what? To obey God, to save us, because the seed of Abraham is why you're blessed. <laughs> the seed of Abraham in Galatians. The seed of Abraham is because Abraham took the people out, his family, and he made a new life, and he obeyed God, and he's the father of faith, and we can look at his life and see what he did. We can see how, and he, was he perfect? No, he wasn't perfect. He lied about his wife, said she was his sister. Was David perfect? No. David murdered and committed adultery. Was Paul perfect? No. Paul killed Christians. Is Angie perfect? No, I'm not. But I do say, God, I acknowledge you with my life. If I acknowledge you, you'll direct my path. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for showing me the way, God, that we can be saved. Thank you that I didn't go to hell when I was in sin. Thank you, God, for the disrespect that was in me towards my leaders, God, the rebellion that was in my soul, God. Thank you for breaking that out of me in prayer. Thank you, God, for circumcising my heart. Thank you for taking wickedness out of me, taking pride and arrogance out of me and for delivering me, God. And I see that's what you did. I see that you gave yourself of no reputation. You humbled yourself, God. And no matter what people say, that that's not the way that makes you look weak, then I just have to be weak because in your, your my weakness is made perfect, perfect through your strength, God. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, God. I give you praise. For showing me humbleness, showing me, giving me the revelation, God, giving me the revelation not to be exhausted in due time, but that my family can be one, God, that my husband, you said that the husband can be saved by the wife's lifestyle, by the way she treats him, God. Nobody's going to listen to your Christianity or mine. If we're proudful, 
Young da 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 ba said, Kate, nobody's going to come listen to you teach for long if you're proud fool. Young da 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 ba said, Kate, young day, young da 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 ba Sunday day. Young da lo 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 bo said, Kate, young da 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 ba Sunday. That's another thing I've said, you know, through the years, people get upset if people don't come here and teach or preach. Like they look out there and they don't see nobody and, um, why should they come and bow down before you if you haven't even seen about them? If you haven't prayed for their family, if you haven't served them, if you haven't humbled yourself, why should they be your teams? Why should they be your intercessors? Why should they be your song leaders, um, pastors across the country? Uh, why? Why Why should someone humble their self to you if you don't humble yourself to them? If you don't do what you're asking them to do, if they don't see you doing it, if they don't see you leading the prayer, they don't see you uh, leading the people to to go on street ministry, if they don't, if, if Arthur never went on street ministry, then I'm not going to listen to him tell me to go get sold. <laughs> I'm not going to listen. I'm going to listen to somebody because even in the Bible, Jesus was our example, but we see we see a real example. We see that he put feet to his face. Amen. We see that he did what he's asking us to do. He gave himself. He gave himself of no reputation. If nobody ever honored him, if nobody ever knew his name, he did it for God. He said, I don't do anything I don't see my father do, and I don't say anything I don't hear him say. He honored himself completely. That means every day he had to get up and say, God, what do you say to me today? You want me to go left? You want me to go right? You want me to go forward? You want me what you want, God? What do you want? And I know that don't feel good at first because I can remember, and I, I was in the prayer one day, and I said, God, I don't even feel like I know who I am anymore. I don't. I used to have a personality, but... Seem like every time I try to be in my personality, it gets killed, and I get struck back down. So, and I get told I gotta lay it down, and so there is that transition. But once you make it, what does it say? You lose your life, you gain it. You don't always stay in the death process. You stay in the, you go into the resurrection. Those that that suffer with Christ are gonna rise up in the power of His resurrection. Amen. That means healing's going to follow your life. That means prosperity, salvation, deliverance. You'll have the anointing to cast out devils, to heal the sick and to raise the dead. You could command things and they'll happen because your relationship is, is your words uh, aren't the power. It's your relationship that's the power. And when you die for Jesus, he sees it. He sees that death. He sees that, uh, like someone said today, the uh when you die, you know, you don't talk back and you want to real bad and you got the, it cringes you. It makes you cringe, you know. <laughs> it's like, oh. But then you go in that room and you say, God, I just want to tell him off right now. I want to walk out of that job. I want to get out of that church. I hate him, God. I hate that arrogant, self-righteous spirit that looks down on everybody else and thinks it's all that. And I don't even want to be, I just don't even want to be associated with them, God. And pour that out to him. Pour it out to him and say, but God, I humble myself. I do what you say. If you tell me to stay, I'm staying. If you tell me I can go, I'm going. It's not my decision, God. It's your decision of my life. I have to choose it. I have to choose life. You said you said it before me to choose life, God. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That means serving. It don't mean to pick and choose what I want to do. I humble myself to you, God. I humble myself, and you say, because we humble ourselves, we'll be exalted in due time. Just like Jesus, he made himself of no reputation. Then God said, because he did that, I'm going to give him a name that's above every other name. And in my name, in his name, they're going to have to bow to it. Every knee in heaven and earth is going to bow down to the name of Jesus. When he's on that cross, do you think he looked like that? That everybody's going to bow down to this man? Do you think Joseph looked like that when he's in the pit in the prison and accused of rape? Do you think that we look like that when they're looking at us saying, all they do is pray? All they do, 
and you go through that dying thing and it don't look like you're going to do anything for God. But then when they see, when it's your season, when it's your time and you walk in faith and you walk out like Abraham did and you go forth in the things of the Lord, they see what, what, what that, what, what you did to get there. Your family, they see, they see that you went through the years of dying and they'll listen to you and you'll always have an army. You'll always have a people just like Abraham, just like Isaac, just like Jacob. You'll always have a people that follow you because they see that you gave yourself first, that you were the forerunner, that you went before the other ones, that you put yourself out there. You you danced for God. You praised them when nobody else was. When the breakthrough wasn't there, you stood up and you just said, God, I love you. God, I thank you. God, I thank you for what you've done for me. I remember when you saved me. I remember, God, when I would have went to hell when I had that wreck, God. But I had a mama praying and interceding for me, God. And you saved me that time. You took me out of my sin. You set my feet on a solid rock. You took me out of darkness, God. I thank you for it, God. I thank you, Jesus. Don't ever forget what he's done for you. Don't ever forget where you came from as far as where God brought you out of. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Does anybody have anything to say? And I know uh, that everybody's muted, so it might, but um, anyone have anything to say? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Pastor Angie. Thank Pastor you, Lord. Angie. Yes, ma'am. Hi, it's Sister Hello. Monica. Hello, Sister uh, Monica. Uh, how are you? Um, Great. I just wanna awesome. I just wanna say that um one day I was praying in my house and I come across that scripture where he says if you'll humble your to humble yourself to the Lord. And I know for for years I always thought that that something had to come up on me that I would um be caused to bow my knee and in subjection to in any area most of all but that particular day I was just reading and praying and just seeking God and I read it again, and he said to humble yourself, and it was like a light bulb come on, and I and I began to cry out to God, and um, I said, God, forgive me for all these times that I thought that something was going to come on me that I don't know if I thought something magically delicious was going to happen or what, <laughs> you know, to cause me to to be broken before the Lord. But um, that particular day, I just knew that I, a real cry came out of me, uh, a pride, God take pride out of my heart, and that it wasn't, he said to humble yourself before the Lord. And so uh, that really went in my spirit. And ever since ever since that day, I've just, um, I've just you know, because I, I humbled myself and cried out to God and repented and asked the Lord to take the pride out of my heart, just in the arrogant spirit that I thought he was going to do it instead of me doing anything. I was mm-hmm. waiting on him to do something in me when all along he was waiting on me to do something. And mm-hmm. so um was able to see that I was full of pride waiting on God and um and and you know it was just the opposite of what I was believing. And so I know that it brought change in my heart, it brought change in my life. Um I'm still crying out to God today, God, if you see pride in my heart, show me, God, any areas of arrogance uh, where I won't be arrogant and uh, just seeking God. And I know that true change has uh, really come in my heart because of uh, seeing that scripture for exactly what it meant. And so you pointed out something great that, uh, and I, I just I just saw that the the gospel that's been preached for a long time in America is that God's going to do everything for you. He did everything for us. He already did. He died on the cross. He's already done it. But that's the same thing. But we have to go in there and take it. And we have to humble ourselves to take our land. But but that's the same thing, though, that all America majority are even raising their kids that way, that you bow to me, God. You 
you do what I want. You come on me and make me obey you. <laughs> you come and do something. Instead of me having to surrender my pride, when you come on me, I'll do it. When you And people say that all the time. When you come on me, I'll speak in tongues. When you, but I'm not going to pursue nothing. You're just going to have to do it all. And that is, I just saw like a big picture of an arrogance over our nation. Arrogance that we sit around and wait for God to do everything for us when he's already done it. That's like getting an inheritance and making the lawyer come to my house because I can't go up there and pick it up. You know, you serve me, you serve me. So, Sister Monica, would you pray over our nation, would you pray over America, over our churches and our leaders and about that arrogant spirit that we sit and wait on, on God to do it for us? Yes, um, Father God, I just cry yeah. out for the United, for America, for the world, yeah. Father God, where we've expected you, God, to come and do something for us, like like we're just waiting for you to serve everything to us on a on a platter, God. I just repent. I ask you to forgive us, God, for our arrogant spirit, God, for being arrogant against the gifts and the and the callings that you've given to us, Father. You said they were gifts, Lord God, and we took them for granted, God. And anyway, God, we I just repent and ask you to forgive us and take the spirit of arrogance out of all of us, God, out of the body of Christ, God. Lord, your word says that we humble ourselves before you, God, that you are just and faithful to raise us up, God. You will raise us up, God. We first have to be humble and cry out to you, Lord. And I repent. I repent for the body of Christ. I repent for America, for the mindset that we have, that we are owed something, that we are due something, God, that you should come and do it for us, Father, that we don't have to do anything, that we can sit back and wait just like we waited on you when you went to the cross, that we expected you to do something for God. I repent. I ask you to take that prideful, arrogant spirit out of us, God. Take it out of the United States, that we will bow our knee, God, and that you will be just and faithful to heal our land, God, and we'll cry out to you and humble ourselves before you, Lord God, that you would heal our land, God. I repent, God. I ask you to forgive our leaders, God. Forgive our leaders, God. Forgive our leadership, God, over our cities and over our states, Father God, over our United States, God. Forgive us for our prideful and arrogance, God, against you and against each other, God. I ask you to wash us, to cleanse us, to purge us from the spirit of pride and arrogance, God. Take it out of our hearts. Take it out of our minds, God. Take it out of our spirits, God. We'll not operate in an arrogant spirit, God, in any kind of way, God. But we'll humble ourselves and to be broken before you, God, and to seek your face and to cry out to you, God. And that you will lift us up in time, God. You will lift us up, God. You will heal our land, God. And we'll humble ourselves, God. And we'll cry out to you, God. And repent for our arrogant ways, God. And we'll repent, God, and get the sin out of our heart, God. Get the sin out of our lives. Get the sin out of our nation, God. That you're just and faithful to heal us, God. And I give you the praise. I give you the honor, God. I thank you, Father, that you're a just God. You're a true God. You're an honest God that we can trust you when you said you'd heal our land, God. You'll heal us and you'll raise us up, God. In Jesus' name. name. I have a word for you, Monica. Just like the way that I remember. I remember when Pastor Cindy, just like then, when when the pastor asked for something, all of a sudden she was real quick to answer it. Um, But I saw her after that. She started flourishing. She started uh, really having her own, you know. Uh, Luke 16, we make it happen for another man. God makes it happen for us. And I see you doing that, just like you just got on this line. It doesn't matter if we feel it. The the apostle said to someone have something to say. It doesn't matter if we feel something. That is humbleness and it's uh, submission to respond quickly, just like we should do the Holy Ghost. But because you're doing that, I just see, I see that there's just this... Um, Fast, it's you're fixing to be elevated, and it's going to be a quick work, and it's going to be real fast. So get ready, get ready, get ready. Keep doing what you're doing. Stay in prayer, stay on your knees, be humble, and God's going to take you there. 
because of your submission. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, <laughs> thank you Jesus. Yes, yes, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. 1 Timothy 5.22, it says, Do not lay hands... Uh, now, that's the wrong one. Let me see where it is. 1 Peter 5 and 6. 1 Peter 5 and 6 says, If you humble yourself, then you'll be exalted in due time. And that's what's just now happening to you. You'll be exalted. Wow. And it's your time. It's your season. So just keep blowing that horn. Amen. <laughs> blowing that horn. Be submissive. I was so proud of her up there because she didn't blow the horn before. And the, the pastor said, do we have a shofar? I said, yeah. She said, can you blow it? I said, well, I, no, ma'am. And she said, bring it anyway. And Monica come up there ready to blow the horn. And she blew the house down. It was good. It was good. The anointing was on it every time. In a good way. She blew <laughs> It was in a good way. <laughs> so I'm I'm proud of you, Monica, that you didn't make me pull on you one second up there. Not one second. And that is submission. Amen. Uh, I'm going to read one more scripture. And it's Philippians 2, what we've been talking about today. Uh, where Verse 5, it says, That this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. He knew who he was. He was equal with God. But made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men. Now he's in heaven. <laughs> he's in heaven and he has everything that heaven offers and he comes here to make himself like a man and humble himself for God because when the evil came, when the 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 man the men sinned, and evil came on the earth, then God needed he needed that sacrifice. He knew the animals couldn't keep they just wasn't doing it anymore. What are we gonna do? Kill all the animals? And Jesus said, "Give me a body, and I'll go." God didn't have to force him. God he didn't have to he volunteered. Give me a body, lo, give me a body, and I will go. That's a mission. And as long as we have something in our heart that pulls back, pulls away, turns our head. You ever been talking to people and they just turn their head? That's a sign they're telling you they're not listening. They don't want to listen. They don't want to hear. That is so arrogant. You know arrogance is the highest form of pride. It's the highest form of pride. So God, And, and, and when we have pride, the Bible says, that it's like scales on our back, and they keep us bound up. They keep us. It it causes sickness. It causes our Leviathan. And when you read about Leviathan in the Bible, uh, and and that's what God told Job about Leviathan. He said, "Did you create the waters and the heaven? Did you did you conquer Leviathan? Did you?" And Leviathan represents the spirit of pride. And that pride thing, it says it's like scales on you and it's got a thing that wraps around your spine and goes up your body. So we think it's doing us good. We think we're in control of everything and that thing's eating us up from the inside out. That's why you see a lot of manipulators and controllers get sick. Because that thing starts overtaking them and then it's, it's they're not in control of nothing the spirit of pride is. They think they are, but the pride is in control. Till they can't even open their mouth, they can't lift their hands and cry out to a holy God and humble themselves. And and I know because I had it. I wouldn't open my mouth, and God says it's a spirit of pride. It's pride when we don't praise God. Amen. But God, we thank you for showing us about humility. We thank you, God, that that we see Jesus as our example. And when people tell us to don't be that humble because it makes you look weak. God, we go back to your word where you were stripped naked, God. You you came as a form of a man out of the heavenlies, out of the throne room, and gave yourself for us, Lord. And we, we follow your footsteps, not man's footsteps, telling us that you look weak. God, I thank you. And I release the people that that feel like that they people think they're nothing because they're humble, God. I just thank you for an humble spirit being released on this line in this land, in this church, in our homes, God, in our body, and we bind the spirit of pride and we pull it out and we pull it down and we see that it is our enemy, God. It's not our friend. 
No demons are praying, God, and we break loose from it. And we it's gonna it's gonna be a little hard at first, but we go in there and whatever it is that you can't do, just break past it and do it. Hug your husband, hug your wife, hug your mama, do something that you couldn't do because pride had you bound. In the name of Jesus, we release liberty from pride in Jesus' name. And God, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for raising us up to fulfillment to the perfect place that you have for us in you, God, that we arise above the struggles and the the, the circumstances and we come into the full knowledge of the truth of everything that you have for us in Jesus' name. God bless you. We'll be on again Thursday at 5, Facebook Live, and um, we'll be sharing some more and hope you have a wonderful rest of the week. God bless. We hope you enjoyed this message from Freedom Ministries. For more information and to stay connected with us, find us on Facebook or the web at freedomministriescrossit.com.